On this episode of Satellite Superheroes, we are talking to a gentleman by the name of Dan Wicks. He is head of geospatial intelligence with a company called Satellite Applications Catapult. And we are demystifying on this episode, on this episode, demystifying Earth observation. Let's get cracking. Dan, welcome to Satellite Superheroes. How are you doing today? Hey, Scott. Really well, thank you. And thanks for having me on the oh, podcast. Oh, yeah. It's pretty cool, man. Uh, as you can imagine, we're pretty excited about everything that's around uh, satellites, what's taking place in satellites, where it's going, what the future looks like, what, how did we get here, and everything in between. And I think that you bring a tremendous amount of, uh, I guess, knowledge because you've been in it. But one of the areas that is uh, a, a major I mean, major interest is that demystification. Before we get into that and have that conversation about the demystification of, of geospatial, all of that stuff, give the listeners a little background on who you are, and then we'll get into that topic. All right, we'll do. So um, I am, I guess, a, a geographer by, by background, um, so study of the earth and, and the environment. Um, I've spent my career working, I guess, as a data scientist, but particularly focused on uh, what we call remote sensing or, or Earth observation. This is how you take the data that is obtained by satellites and try and do something useful in an applied way with it so that somebody uh, you know, on Earth can, can use that information to make good decisions. Yeah, I, I, it, and my conversations with others, it's, the technology is, is rapidly advancing not just from the physical satellite, right? It, it's, a, it's not these big behemoth. They could be micro. They, there's just many things that could be done and in deploying the innovation and technology to be able to, uh, I don't know, to just discover things, map things, whatever it might be. That goes beyond uh, looking at roads and where you grew up at, because that's what I always <laughs> do from, the, from that perspective. Now, you're with Satellite yeah. Applications, catapult and and give us a little background on what that company does absolutely so our mission um and this is pretty cool is to innovate for a better world empowered by space um so that's a pretty big mission statement um we are a uh, organization that's been set up by the uk government to really try and help uh, the uk economy grow uh, through the benefit of space technology so we act as an independent innovator in the market really to help people understand what the technology can do and and reap the benefits of it there's a lot i i i can only imagine the type of conversations you guys have i guess i think the market in general there is a necessity for education there's a necessity to understand uh space the implications of space here on earth and uh how that will help us in the future in a big way so let's talk a little bit about that demystification. Uh, for for sort of the definition component, de uh, let's let's talk about geospatial. What is what's that word mean? I mean, geospatial really refers to any information that has a location element to it. And you know, you can broadly argue that everything happens somewhere, right? So you know, all sorts of information tend to have a location element. And that location element provides a kind of common index for that information. So whether it's information about the weather, whether that's information 
about um, what's happening in a certain location. You know, you can bring all of that together through that single point in geography to 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 really bring an enhanced understanding of that of that location. Do you think we're still at the the, the beginning stages of this, or it? And, and, and there's just so much more that can be done within the, the world of space and satellites. Do you, do you think we're still? So I think, I think with, with, with Earth observation, we, you know, it's a technology that's been around for a long time, right? But it's primarily been in the domain of government and big scientific institutions, you know, driving, trying to solve some of the, you know, of the planet's major kind of scientific challenges and um you know re- recently the big change i suppose is the fact that you know as a technology it's increasingly accessible you know let me put that into into context for you um you know we're talking about satellites today that that are taking images of the earth the size of a loaf of bread you know we're putting those in in into into space and that's in contrast to oh, 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 oh. i gotta back up I, I say that about the loaf of bread again what what is that so uh a satellite with a camera in that's taking pictures of the earth that is the size of a loaf of bread so is that that micro satellite you're talking that people are talking about yeah, it's, it's what we call cu- a cube a cube sat um uh t- typically they come in uh, units of 10 centimeters by 10 centimeters by 10 centimeters. And then like a giant Lego set, you can put as many of them together as you need to sort of house whatever instrumentation or equipment you want to put put up into, into space. So for something with a basic kind of camera, and you're talking about sort of three of those bolted, bolted together um, and, and, and you're off. And the advantage of that, right, is, is uh, a lot smaller uh, weighs a lot less, therefore is a lot cheaper to put into orbit. You know, the launch costs are, ch- are cheaper because you're t- typically paying per kilogram for for, for, for launch. Um, the cost of launch generally is coming down because we've got these brilliant technologies from folks like Elon Musk and the, the, the Falcon rockets that are reusable, right? So we're not spending lots of money and not able to reap the benefits of that again and again. Um, and the technology you need to build these things is increasingly off the shelf, right? So the same, you know, the same tech that goes into your mobile phone we're using to, to build, build these things. So suddenly the cost to manufacture them and the cost to put them in space is a, is a lot cheaper. So actually, as a result, one of the big trends we're seeing is huge numbers of these things being, being launched into space. So Maybe 10 years ago, you were talking about 40 launches a year for Earth observation satellites. Now you're talking about upwards of 160 launches a year, and that's just growing. And we use this term mega constellations to describe to describe that trend. It's, it's a whole new lexicon. So let me just sort of uh, recap what you just said in, a, in my simple mind. Technology's been around. Government's been using it. Now, all of a sudden, the technology has advanced so much. Now it's becoming more accessible by us, the market, whatever it might be, and the values of being able to observe from above and, and be able to see things has increased. And it's, and, and it's available to, to the market now. That's right. That's also, right. costs are being driven down. Technology 
is, is because it's shrinking in size, gives us greater scalability opportunities to be able to leverage this technology going forward. I like it. Did I, did I nail it? Yeah, I mean, I that, that, that's, that's exactly it. Um, that's, that's uh, I mean, and, and as a result, you know, there's lots of private investment interested in the space yeah. sector because it's exciting and it's sexy. And, you know, that's opening up lots of lots of opportunities. So, you know, what's great is we've got all of this technology going into space. The challenge becomes, you know, how do you how do you make use of it? How do you put it to work? Yes. To really unlock value and solve some of the big problems that we're all facing facing on 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 the ground. And that's really a big focus of what we do at the satellite applications catapult is how do you translate that into something that you or I Joe blogs off the off off the street would be using in their decision making every single day without even knowing it, you know, so, sometimes. So let's get into that. Let's let's talk about okay, so we're firing these things off. We've got it down to and, and they're going to get smaller probably just because that's what happens and we're just going to be more efficient at sticking them into space and the technology, the cameras, whatever it might be, will improve. Give us some uh, general use cases that means something to us as opposed to, hey, I'm looking at this road. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I guess, um, you know, I guess you could, you could describe the value at a sort of business level and at an individual level. So maybe if we take those kind of yeah. one, one by one, you know, at a, at a business level, you know, one of the, the, the well, the, one of the biggest topics at the moment, of course, is sustainability and and climate and our ability to sort of monitor the planet's environment and understand the impacts of certain human behaviors and how we can manage those better to achieve kind of positive sustainability outcomes is critical. And, and Earth observation satellites provide a, a capability for monitoring at global scale in a way that no other technology can. So, you know, a really simple example of that would be looking at how we can use nature to address, you know, climate crises. So, you know, you hear a lot about deforestation is bad uh, because you're, you know, reducing a carbon sink here on Earth. It, it, it negatively impacts our ability to absorb the various greenhouse gas emissions that as humans we're putting out, right? So, you know, that's an obvious example of where protecting and restoring forests can help with that sequestration of, 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 of carbon, but it also provides wider benefits to, you know, to the, the environment. So, for example, securing and regulating water supplies or protection from floods or protection from soil erosion and landslides, all of those sorts of things. Um, another example might be uh, the way in which we use green infrastructure within city environments. So, you know, is there a way in which we can install uh, wildlife on the roofs within cities or on walls within cities? Because that brings benefits in terms of moderating heat, um, capturing stormwater, uh, you know, abating pollution, all of these sorts of things, right? And the value that Earth observation brings into that is understanding you know, the optimal way to go about installing these nature-based solutions, but also monitoring them over time to understand the impact that they're having so we can make adjustments, adjustments ac accordingly. And that's just one example of where 
we're trying to tackle a a, a problem by by taking a sort of big picture big picture approach. But it's it goes that you know for for lack of it, it it's that's a pretty sophisticated camera that that's so sophisticated data to be able to track to understand to see where there is a need and that requires uh, you know information over time. Do we, or do you, or can we access historical data to determine where we're at today and then begin to move forward uh, tactically to say, nope, right here, right here, right here, because it's all great, but we need to do something, right? <clears throat> yeah, ab absolutely. So there's a, few, there's a few points in there. I mean, firstly, yes, we have a huge amount of historic data that we can leverage. So we can look back in time, we can see what's happened, and we can use that to help predicts the future by learning learning from what's what's come before so yes big tick in the box there um secondly you know yes it is really complicated data what we're not just talking about here are pictures of the earth what we're actually doing is we're measuring um uh, uh, emitted or reflected radiation from the earth's surface so you know, the simple way to explain that would be to say the way that we as humans are able to see things is we can interpret visible wavelengths of light. So, you know, the reason that my uh, shirt is blue is because it's reflecting blue light more strongly than it is green and, and red. And we're applying that principle to what we're looking at on the Earth's surface, except the Earth is emitting radiation at much longer wavelengths that we can't see with the human eye. And what we're trying to do is, is turn that measurement into, into something useful. So, for example, uh -huh. uh, measuring photosynthetic acti activity in plants or uh, measuring the biomass of a tree, for, for, for example. These are the sorts of complex data that we can really extract from the, uh, from the satellite imagery. Which brings me on to point three. You know, you have to have some expertise in, in being able to interact with that data. But having that data alone is not enough, right? Because you need to bring in wider context. So, you know, I'm not a conservation expert, but if I want to use Earth observation for con conservation, there has to be some sort of collaboration there, right? So one of the big challenges we face as a, a space industry is how do we get this complicated data in a format that is less complicated so more people can use it to, 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 to develop solutions and to innovate and to you know, bring value from, from it. See, and, and, and where are we at with that statement? Where are we at? Do we have the algorithms to be able to have that uh, analytic evaluation of the data? Are we there? Can we do it? Yeah, I mean, there's a huge amount of science that we can leverage. And, and you know, I keep talking about these sort of hundreds of satellites that are being launched. Well, one of the big challenges that comes with that is huge volumes of data. And so, you know, the good news is that, that, that as that, you know, progresses on a sort of hockey stick tra trajectory, you know, we, we're also seeing developments in parallel technologies like the cloud, high performance computing, uh, the way we use AI as tool sets that we can really bring to bear against against that 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 data so you know there's there's a big trend towards um sort of digital twins of the earth 
that people are thinking about at the moment? Can you, uh, can you represent the earth in a digital form that allows you to understand, uh, understand its ecosystem and the way, that it, the, the way that it works? So imagine in order to do that, you need a giant data set that isn't just earth observation data. It's all sorts of other information that's been collected by humans or sensors on the ground. And you bring all of that together and you leverage some clever AI and suddenly you're able to do some fantastic, some fantastic things with it in terms of getting insight that you just would never have seen before. Yeah, that convergence of all those other data points and then coming up and, and painting that picture of whatever it is. It, it only benefits us. That's, so let me, one last question on the sort of the business side, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the individual side. From the business perspective, launch a satellite. It has the technology. It's collecting data. It's doing everything that it's. So, as a commercial or a business, I can I can access that data, right? So, business A, B, C, we're all accessing this data that me is meaningful to us. Is that how it's just sort of going to sort of roll out? And, and is that how the business model works? Yeah. So. So, you know, any, anybody can go and access this data and some of it's free to access, some of it's commercially available and has a cost attached to it. But, you know, as I've already mentioned, there's a, there's a level of expertise required to do something with that data. And you also need the sort of compute and the tools to do something with it as well. So there's a sort of cost um, and skills element attached, attached to that. So one of the challenges we have is, you know, does, does a business you know, really have the, the knowledge to know how to go and procure and then get value out of, out of that, that, that data? And, and, it, and for the large part, you know, the barriers are, are, too, are too high. So you know, there, is a, you know, there is a growing industry within the space sector of service providers that are experts in accessing this data and translating it into something useful to provide products and services at a much higher level that businesses can 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 access so that's certainly one way in which that that problem space is sort of mediated um if you like but yeah I think what, what, what ahead, we want to see what we want to see is you know is uh, some of those barriers reduced so that more people you know can 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 be can be working, you know, directly with with the data. Yeah, I, I see the, the one of the things that I, I think is really important is, yeah, okay, I got the data from the sky. It's all great. But <laughs> to be able to facilitate the convergence of other data to create a meaningful tactical picture of what needs to happen is where the real secret sauce has to occur. And that's a lot of work. That, that's heavy lifting, baby. That's heavy lifting to be able to do that. And, and for the most part, yeah, you need organizations like yours and others to, to help navigate those waters. Because I, me, you know, Scott Sixpack, I, I want the data. I see the be benefit, but I don't even know where to go. And, and am I leaving things out and I'm spending money and whatever? There's got to be yep. a, a, a way to sort of find some advocacy in that particular area to help business definitely leverage definitely yep. educate though I, I just think that there's a tremendous opportunity here now let's talk a little bit about individuals you, you mentioned business what do you mean by individuals and the benefits associated with that well I guess what I mean is the sort of the the, the big vision for 
for for this stuff is that you know earth observation data becomes a sort of u- ubiquitous yeah. data set that underpins all the decision making that we you know that we undertake as individuals ev- every every day and you know to a degree some of that happens already right so weather forecasting is heavily dependent on satellite observations right and we've probably <laughs> all got an app on our phone that we look at every morning to, to say oh do i need to put a jacket on today? Hey, all of a sudden we're cold. all weather people, gonna rain. yeah i i did it we, we just had a storm come through louisiana and, and of course you know you're pulling out that app and you're going mm, check that out mm. exactly I don't know what it means it's just what, you know red. <laughs> What yeah? What you're looking at is a is a is a picture of a, a cloud or a picture of the sunrise. What you're not seeing is some complex Earth observation imagery. Right. And you probably don't even know that a satellite was used yeah. to to produce that. But you know, it, expand expand that sort of train of thought a little bit to things like um, buying energy. So you know, as a you know, when we make choices about who we sign up to to provide our energy. Do we know where that energy is coming from? Do we know what the most cost-effective options are for us? So, for example, you know, could I install solar panels on my roof? Do I know that they're pointed the right way? That they're going to get a lot of energy? Uh, you know, we can look at those things from Earth uh, observation imagery to help to help you as an individual understand. But then you've got to bring that together with other data sets to provide a sort of coherent picture, right? Um, you could also extend that to um, other purchasing decisions. So, for example, you walk into a supermarket, you're picking up a chocolate bar off the shelf. You know, do you know that that chocolate bar has been sourced in a sustainable way that hasn't resulted in deforestation, for example, or hasn't enabled um, wow. the slave trade, or you know, other other sorts of sorts of factors? So. You know, Earth observation is an important data set that can help with that sustainability question. Um, and then, I guess a, fi- a final example um, to, to, to give would be, um, you know, if I go out to, to exercise out, you know, outside, whatever it is, there are hundreds of apps, you know, these days that help me with understanding how to plot a route or how to record my activity or I'm able to look at the weather to know when the right time to go is. Well, another another data point that might be useful if you're living in a town or city environment is understanding the pollution level, right? And again, that's something you can measure with a with a satellite. So if I'm a if I'm an asthmatic, you know, actually going out and exercising at a time when the pollution level is is at its worst, you know, that's not benefiting anybody, despite the effort that I'm putting in to go go and exercise. Wow. So it's these sort of fundamental decisions that, that, that we're making every day that, that could be underpinned by this type of information we're getting off of satellites. So the, the pushback and the beef I have is, and this is with data analytics, I always have that, because I think data scientists sit there and they'll just sit there and tweak and, you know, <laughs> divide and do all their data analytics stuff to what point, right? They'll yeah. just It's like an artist knowing when to step away and say, yeah, thumbs up, we're good. I see the same challenge with, with satellites because there's so many use cases that can be applied to that technology. My, my concern is like, oh, hey, we're good. <clears throat> I'm good right <laughs> now. But, but it never stops. That, that motion in the brain is saying, you know what? We could do this. We could do this. Is that a concern? I mean, I can't keep up with it. It's pretty cool. I think it's uh, 
I think it's an it's an opportunity for sure. I mean, there's a huge amount of untapped potential for this yes. for this stuff, and that comes back to some fundamental blockers around kind of education and the way in which we turn this stuff into a business proposition. You know, it doesn't putting a satellite up into space doesn't doesn't pay for itself unless you know there are ways to generate those revenues right. in 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 the downstream. Um, so, you know, there's huge opportunities there. How do you tap into them? And um, there is a broader question that you're asking as well around, you know, how do you, you know, how do you decide when to use this stuff or how good this this information really is? And there's there's definitely a tension, I think, between sort of scientific communities striving for perfection with the data analy- yes. analytics piece and and actually having information that is just good enough to make a more informed decision than you would have done otherwise so you're still able to provide value even if it's not the perfect you know the perfect data, data, data set and i think there's there's definitely a challenge around how you resolve that sort of tension yeah it's like a point of diminishing returns i got it don't let's just stay right there don't don't continue to sort of work on that last 5%, you know, or we're yeah. good there until you make the next leap in whatever the, the benefits. And I would imagine there's a, <clears throat> a significant pushback on, Hey, we got land-based stuff that we're, we're right. We're right there. We're looking at it. We're right here and, and having land-based vision and, and technologies in place. But again, I, I believe me, Scott, it's that convergence and being able to say, okay, we got land base, we got this, we got this, we got this, pull it together in a cogent way that makes sense. That that that's where the I think the 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 golden goose is. That's and, and- uh, that's exact that's exactly it. And you know, as a space industry, you know, we can't work in isolation yes. from you know the AI people or the conservation people or the environmental science people or even the social science people there has to be a convergence of 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 working to really enable the value of these these things all right we're gonna have to wrap it up great conversation great information i'm 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 a smarter person because of this conversation and 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 I always view myself as the i am always the dumbest guy in the conversation just because i'm talking (laughs) to great people like you how how do people get a hold of you and and how I mean, you're out of the UK. You're part of this organization. Can somebody from the United States give you a call and say, "Hey, I have a question"? Or- Absolutely. We uh, we're based in the UK, um, but you know we work globally. We have partnerships Good. globally. Um, you know, at the end of the day, one of the ven- values of space technology is it is a cross geography cross politics uh kind of uh t- t- technology and that means kind of working working in that way as as well so we're, we're always open to, to conversations and i think you're 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 spot on with the the necessity for this technology and what you guys are doing in a collaborative type of mindset and that is a global approach right i mean if yeah. if you're in space it's pretty global up there <laughs> how do they get a hold of you how do they get a hold of us? Yeah. Um, website is sa.catapult.org.uk. Um, um, and you can also get a hold of us, of us on various socials. So uh, LinkedIn, um, Twitter. Um, I'm sure you'll share all of those details. Yes. For the, for the listeners. 
Yeah, I will. And it'll all be out on the uh, podcast, uh, Satellite Superheroes, all the links that are necessary to get in contact with you. So don't don't come come, come complaining to me that you can't get a hold of Dan. Don't, because it's <laughs> out there. FYI. You were absolutely spectacular. Love the conversation. Lo- I, the future's bright. I, I, I'm pretty bullish on the future, and, and, and it's just going to require people like you and others to to pull it all together to make it better because we just we just need it we need that information we do thank you dan for joining uh satellite superheroes it's a pleasure it's been good fun thanks scott all right listeners we're going to wrap it up on the other side so stay tuned you're listening to the industrial talk podcast network all right to everyone out there thank you very much for joining satellite superheroes and as well as thank you to dan wicks he is the head of geospatial intelligence Satellite Applications Catapult is the company. And I'm just telling you, there are a lot of use cases out there, as he communicated in our emails, of how we can apply satellite technology to make our lives better. From a company's perspective, from an individual's perspective, it is happening today and it is only getting more and more available. It's it's just changing lives. And that's what uh, Satellite Superheroes is all about. Again, I'm going to have all of the contact information out on the uh, podcast platform, the one that you listen to, whoever it might be. It could be Spotify, be iTunes, whatever it might be. You'll have all his contact information and then some. It is a topic that you need to know more about. It definitely a satellite. So uh, thank you. We're going to have another great, incredible conversations that are around satellites coming your way. So stay tuned.